Welcome back to the Grandstand, episode 27. Peabody here in Paris, and we got Knowles in California still. How we doing? Still. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Uh, you should have. I, I think we should have let the Italian anthem run a little bit longer because it was a. Oh. <laughs> Don't ask me twice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, see, it just needs to get through that stanza. This is the anthem that we wanted to hear this weekend. Uh, we did in the pre-race, but right. Whew, we were back in Monza. The Tifosi were out in full swing. Some of them might have gotten a little too excited uh, post-race. <laughs> <laughs> okay, someone might have robbed Carlos Sainz. <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah, let's just let's call it spade a spade. Yeah, I mean like yeah, yeah. I, I think they stole his watch. That's worth like two hundred and fifty thousand British pounds. I think so. Yeah. Pretty big uh, piece of jewelry there, and uh, I think he got it back. I think they ran after him. Well, as uh, one of our one of our friends pointed out, Ian Costa this morning, uh, when the news started breaking, he was like, "You have to be an absolute jackass to run after, <laughs> to steal the watch of an F one driver and his athletic trainer, who are probably two of the most well conditioned <laughs> athletes in the world." Yeah, like what yeah, the fuck are you thinking? They will beat ninety nine percent of people in a in a race. Yeah, I mean, it, Carlos is like thirst trapping all over Instagram with his like post workout videos. Like, do not. And it, he's like, that's three hundred thousand dollars you just sold for me. I'm getting it back. Oh yeah, I'd run for that. I'd probably yeah. fall over, but yeah, Carlos gonna get you. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, and not to mention that you're putting all the other Tifosi on your back then, because they're not gonna like that. They're not gonna appreciate that. No. If he was if he was in a town square, he'd uh, be feathered and tarred. Probably some nasty things would happen. <laughs> <laughs> some some so, medieval shit. So we were back in Monza and Ferrari brought it this weekend. Uh, lots to discuss, but let's roll that sweet intro and then get into it. Roll it. A question for all of you except Romain Grosjean. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access, access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. So, Knowles, you must have been pretty happy when you got the news that Hamilton has signed a new contract for Merck, two more years, along with Russell. Yeah, I, uh, I was kind of met expectations, I would say. just I didn't see Lewis leaving, and anybody who speculated that, uh, I don't have anything to say to you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just like Lewis is not like people. I heard retirement rumors. I heard he's going to another team. Like Lewis has raced with a Mercedes engine his entire career. I don't see Mercedes having like letting go the, the most successful driver in their history. 
um, over semantics. And Lewis is genuinely like the culture of Mercedes fits Lewis's personality. And I think, yeah, I was happy to see it. Um, didn't shock me. I think it was just, they're probably going over little details. And then George is, uh, George also signing. So just keeping it consistent. I like it. Yeah. Good stability there. Uh, let's see. He's clearly still there motivated to get that eighth title. So, and he said that he might race on after that. I feel like if, cause there's an, another regulation shift happening in 2026. So if Merck can nail that one and he hasn't won that eighth title yet, I wouldn't be surprised if he was there more than two years but time will tell uh the fia also announced that all teams were under the cost cap in 2022 so well done i guess that's good job job, teams (laughs) good job for doing your job Uh, (laughs) but yeah let's get into monza man special race obviously the biggest race of the year for uh the tifosi imola didn't happen which is the closest track to uh, on the calendar to Ferrari, but on Monza was even more special. We get Alfa Romeo with a special livery commemorating uh, a new car, the Stradale, Botas with a Fangio tribute helmet, and obviously Ferrari with that, as some people have called it, the McDonald's um, looking race suit. But it, it grew on hey. me. Honestly, it grew on me. I, 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 at first I was like, yeah, but it, it's. <laughs> it can get a little hard because Ferrari does have similar colors to McDonald's, oddly enough. Um, or I would say McDonald's has similar colors to Ferrari. All right. But hey, you know why it grew on you as well? It's because Ferrari brought it. They did well. And when a car does well, you know, the livery does look a little better, I'd say. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the story of the weekend is is Ferrari. From the start, so Ferrari threw everything at it. They brought a special aero package for Monza. They put fresh engines in, and that is allowed. You have a certain amount of engines that you can put in your cars throughout the year, and they wanted to make sure they put in a new one so they could probably pull on that engine a bit more than usual, which is fair given the track characteristics. And uh, yeah, I would say from the start, signs from FP1 was on it. It's his birthday this weekend. I don't know if you saw that little cake uh, ceremony with <laughs> Vassar. Yeah, Fred Vassar, can we just give you? Let's let's. I've got a, another thing to say about Vassar once we get into the race a little bit. But can we just can we just acknowledge the fact that Fred Vassar is the jolliest, like most like just I think the 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 funniest dude in the paddock, and like <laughs> even when he's down in the dumps, like he's still somehow just like. He's like the Santa Claus of, of of the F1 paddock. I don't know how to describe it. He's just the dude. <laughs> whenever I see him, I just smile. I'm like, I like that guy. He, he really is. And I thought that being the Ferrari team boss would take away from that. And no, he's actually bringing more of that to Ferrari, which is amazing. And if you missed that little segment, uh, they had the ceremony with the press there. And Carlos was uh, doing a bit of PR work and... Ferrari can be known for a very serious PR, staying within the lines, and Fred Vassar trying to get Carlos's head in the cake. Almost got it, but, you know, an F1 driver's got a strong neck, right? So, (laughs) I mean, Carlos really fought that, though, because he was about, he was like two inches from getting that, getting caked. It was close. I guarantee you, if if that cake had gotten on his face, it would have been all-out warfare, because Carlos is not, Carlos, we know, does not hold back in those moments. And then Vassar, leaving the room, took the boom mic and everything. He's like, wow, this is... Ferrari team boss. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Favorite image of the weekend. He still 
managed to stay focused on the weekend because Ferrari operationally this weekend was on top of it. From the start, they were topping pretty much every session and we weren't sure if this was uh, engine related, if they maybe brought up the engines too early. Came qualifying though, we had a amazing battle between Max and the two Ferraris in the end. As we do on this track, really small margins, but Carlos Sainz got his first pole position of the year and in the first part of the race, it it gave me flashbacks of last year when we actually had a title fight. It was it was exciting. Yeah, I, I just going back to quality. I think my favorite moment it might it might have been my favorite moment of the weekend was definitely when when Carlos crosses the line and he goes, "Tell me we got it." Yeah, <laughs> and then I think his, his race engineer is like, we got it. Like, and he just like screams like vamos and you know <laughs> all the things. Uh, but yeah, the, dude, Carlos, the what crowd a crowd roared! Yeah, oh my god, what a like! If even if you're not a, a, a tifosi, you had to be excited about what you saw this weekend because ultimately there was, I think, just the the chatter that we could have a battle on our hands in the race, which yeah. You which know, we we which really did. We did. We did to some extent. I think it was. More, I I meant more like, could somebody else win a fucking race other than Red Bull? Right, because there was a lot <laughs> at stake. A lot at stake this weekend, and there were some parallels with history. Actually, in '88, when McLaren failed to win all races, it was Ferrari that won in Monza that stopped them. So everyone thought that, oh, it's a sign. It's a Carlos signs here. It's going to happen this <laughs> it's weekend. A Car- it's a Carlos signs. <laughs> That's good. I feel like it's probably been said before, but it's a it's a it's a Carlos signs is uh is good. Yeah, I've yeah I've said it for the last years. I love these oh. ones. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah well, that you, was, you love a dad joke. We know, but that. it was not prepared. That was that was off the cuff there. But, uh, also, Ferrari twenty third pole position at Monza, which is the most of any constructor at a single track. Two hundred fortieth pole position for a Ferrari engine, and it was the first time Leclerc was out qualified by a teammate in Monza. And uh, okay, so I think everyone before the start of the race thought, okay. What is it going to be? One lap, two laps? What is Max going to take the lead and run off with it? Mm-hmm. What I really loved about this race is that we had a little Max sandwich, you know, with the signs up front and Leclerc right behind him for a minute. I'm not going to lie. As I told you last episode, the hope always comes back in Monza. I thought that Carlos might be able to pull it off if he could just maintain that advantage before the first pit stop. Yeah, I, I never. This is what what might frustrate you, even though we saw some some serious pace from the Ferraris. I never had a doubt that Red Bull was still going to come away with a win, <laughs> which is so fucking annoying. But oh, uh, oh, I'm don't worry. Neither did I. But those laps, when I saw a lap, okay, ten, eleven, twelve, I said, "What if?" You know, you just you know your mind goes places. You of start course, thinking, dude. yeah. <laughs> And then when you start seeing signs lock up, you're like, uh, you know, ah, it's only a matter of time. And and it was, right? But it gave us hope for this year, probably not, but for next year. And it just reminds us like, man, F1 would be amazing if we had a battle at the top because that's that's the most exciting. I agree. And, and you know what? There's a lot. I saw a lot of um, – I was looking through some comments on like motorsport.com's Instagram and through Reddit. And, you know, a lot of people are, are just like – you know, saying that they're, they want to, they're, they're, they're going to walk away from the sport if, if there's no battle at the top. But I, 
I have to say the other battles we're seeing on track have been equally as exciting. Um, obviously you want to see it for the win for the victor, but we know, we know we've, so we've said it on this podcast, Red Bull have just absolutely fucking nailed this car. Max is driving at an all time level. Um, Checo, even though he bottled it this weekend before the race ended up bringing the car in P2. So, you know, maximizing on points, no pun intended there. Um, I hate that. I hate, I hate, I should need to find a different word for max maximizing points. Sound like a, sound like I'm wearing orange. You could say um, optimizing performance, like an engineer. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Um, but let's get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. While we're at it. I mean, Ferrari had a great race, obviously. And it was yeah. science's first podium. And congratulations to you, by yeah. the way. You know, yeah. I, 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 I know it's, it's been Thank tough you. for, for you guys in red. Hey, it's, it's been tough for us. It's been tough for all of us. If you're not a Rebel fan this year, yeah. it's been, it's been tough and it's, it's nice to get a little bit of love once in a while and to actually see the cars go at it. And also we had a battle between both cars, which part of me absolutely loved at the end of the race. And also I was really scared they would hit each other and give a podium to Russell take each other out so because Charles and Carlos went at it for the last like five six laps and it was getting dicey uh race engineers were saying don't take any risks but what Charles was doing was pretty fucking risky if you ask me yeah you know I but I don't I don't care I I like they I I trust the two of them enough in that situation to give each other enough space let them battle. And, I, and another reason, yeah. another, this is what I was alluding to earlier, but another reason to love Fred Vassori is like, let the boys race, you know, like let them do it. And, yes. you know, even though we knew what we were walking away with in P1, P2, that battle between Charles and, and, and Carlos was, I mean, just phenomenal. It was so yeah. fun to watch. It's very and, exciting. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think they had fun in the end too. They're like, you know what? I don't think either of them would have been mad, you know, had Charles finished in P3, you know, instead of Carlos, I think both of them still would have been satisfied with the battle they had on track and just been like, you know, best man won. And and in this case, Carlos had the best, the better weekend. I mean, truly of the two drivers. I'm happy that Carlos didn't lose that P3 because he really deserves it. I think it's it's his best weekend since he's uh, joined Ferrari. It's, it's weird to say that because he's, had P2s and he's had a win already. In terms of how he approached the weekend, he didn't make a single mistake and he just, he looked like he stepped it up a, a notch. So I was, I was really happy for him and it's good for him to get his first podium at Monza f- as a Ferrari driver. He yeah. was there with McLaren before, but yeah. He had a nice little tribute post on his Instagram about how he, he won like one of his first karting races or junior formula races in a red fire suit mm-hmm. and, and then like these some color, yellow on it. Yeah. Some <laughs> yellow on it. And which was actually just for the Spanish flag. Let's be real. Um, a hundred percent. Mans wasn't thinking about no Ferrari colors. Let's be, let's be honest. But he was like, these colors dot, 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 dot. Well, I'll tell you what, I love those colors. I saw that merch and I'm not going to lie. I've added, I've, I've added the Carlos Signs hat into my, my cart. Yeah. So I was oh, happy to get the podium. You haven't bought it yet. 
uh, I got the hat and I may or may not have the t-shirt. I'm waiting for the polo to come out because I think I, I'd rather get the polo. We'll button up, you know, keep it classy. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> get that, get your Fred Vassour yeah. on. All buttons buttoned up, of course. We need to talk about Red Bull now. This team is scary in how good it is. I'm just going to throw out a few stats because it needs to be on record. Obviously, Max won his 10th consecutive race, new record. Red Bull wins 15th consecutive race, also a new record. This is Max's 47th win already at the age of 25. He's won 12 out of 14 this year. It's his 27th win since the beginning of 2022, which is nuts. And Red Bull has now won 24 out of the last 25 Grand Prix. Yikes. Yikes. Scary, dude. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. <laughs> it's, I think we need it's going to we're going to need time to actually understand how how crazy this is. I like how Max always downplays it, but you could tell that he it means something to him obviously and and for a minute when he was stuck behind Carlos, you could tell he was getting agitated saying, "Oh, they've got too much top speed. I can't pass them." And his engineer said, "Just chill out. Wait for it. it's going to happen." And Checo brought it in P2 after a rough start to the weekend. He saved the weekend. He didn't qualify where he should have, but he had a few passes on track on Russell and then on both Ferraris. And uh, in the end was catching Max, who apparently had an engine problem the last few laps. So there's one thing that might catch them this year. could be reliability because it won't be performance. They could win every race this season. Yeah. At this point, I kind of want to see it happen. (laughs) Really? If it did happen, it would also just be, as we said, witnessing history. And yeah, we'd we'd remember this in 20 years. So 100%. I mean, yeah, it's it's something that, that, is I mean it's unprecedented what we're what we're watch, watching so it's it's got to be said and it's got to be respected and those people out there who who want to not do that I think don't don't understand the sport as well as they think they do yeah I mean I feel the pain but also you know it's uh, I think every sport goes through this and some domination cycles are harder to deal with but uh, yeah it's only a matter of time until others catch up and that's why Hamilton is staying in the sport because he thinks that his team can catch up. And uh, if you look at the history, it probably is one of the teams that is closest to making up that gap. But this weekend, P5 and P6, uh, respectively for Russell and Hamilton, I think that's the best they could have gotten. Don't think that they could have challenged just based on their pace throughout the weekend. They weren't really there. Bit of an odd one. I felt like... um, Hamilton was never really there this weekend. I think no. he struggled with setup and made a mistake, hit Oscar Piastri, uh, owned up to his mistake. And got a penalty for it. That's right. And both drivers got penalties, so both were pretty sloppy. Although George Russell's penalty was really something he could have avoided. I thought he was he was fighting Ocon, which we'll get to later, because that's probably <laughs> the only thing we'll say about Alpine, is that he was in an incident with Russell. Otherwise... <laughs> Irrelevance. <laughs> Jeez, Alpine. Um, yeah, no, no. Mercedes, an odd, an odd weekend for them. Uh, it seems to be like this for them this season, where it's they'll throw in a, a great result one weekend, or, or just a, I wouldn't say great result, but a, a strong result and inconsistent weekend, and then go to a place like Monza and and have kind of a just forgettable weekend. That's what I would call this weekend. I thought Hamilton would be on the podium this race. And uh, yeah, far from it. 
to his credit, he was on the uh, alternate strategy starting on harder tires and he made it work. And if it wasn't for that Piastri incident, he would have had the best possible result, all things considered, mm-hmm. where he started on the grid. So you can say that operationally they were still there and it was more of the drivers that fucked up this weekend. I was excited to see Hamilton go up against Piastri because I think Piastri is the driver for the future, but very disappointed in how Lewis kind of just swiped. Lewis handled it as well as I think he could. Yeah, um, agreed. And I think that that's another thing that you have to say about Lewis is that he he does ex- like he does have he is somebody who when he fucks up he you know we remember the Alex the Albon incident in Brazil, Albon in Austria. Yeah, Albon, <laughs> yeah, uh, there might be a few, but um, dude, I mean, speaking of Albon though, right? Whoa, Ooh. come on, dude, this kid is on one. Like, I'm full on Alex Albon hard right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to put it a little less poetically. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I would love to, you know, I would like to, to give an ode to Alex Albon. This driver is insane. I mean, it's, he's, he's the car you don't want to have in front of you on a high-speed track. Yeah, it's crazy to see. First of all, he defends like crazy. He's really good at at defending. And just ask Norris, who was stuck behind him the whole race. And he's putting up some pretty good results. I thought he might even get a podium earlier in the weekend because he was up there in the top four, even in Q1 and Q2. He was disappointed to qualify P6 (laughs) this weekend. It's nuts. Well, I think, did you see the post-race with him in Lando? Yeah. (laughs) And he just kept calling them Claren slow. Yeah, because McLarens are the slowest on the straight and Williams are the fastest. And I love how Albon's like, oh, yeah, it's the it's the car that I want behind me. It's, it's the slowest on the grid. Yeah, which, which is absolutely hilarious to me. Just how just how much shit he was talking about that car. And they're like they're very good friends. So, you know, obviously. So so there's, you know, there's a bit of uh, a bit of history and, and banter there anyway. But no, I mean, man. What a what what a just transformation for Williams. I think another thing that has to be said is that the way that Albon is performing with this car is not doing Logan Sargent any favors. No. But then again, is it fair to compare Sargent with Albon, who has been enough fun for a while, has driven in a top team? who's been a reserve driver in a top team, like the experience that he has over Sargent is quite considerable, right? Yeah. But you're right. He, I mean, Albon on his own is single-handedly put Williams in P7 of the constructors. He scored all their points so far. And it's interesting to see because Williams is actually improving a lot. In the first seven races, they scored one point with Alex in uh, Bahrain. And then the last seven races, he scored 20 points. In the last two events since the summer break, he's qualified P4 and P6. Like, that's a better average than Hamilton, I think, since the summer break. I mean, it's crazy, dude. He's driving at a really good level. And, you know, James Vallis has said it publicly. Um, other members of the team have said it publicly that he is he's the one driving the the ch- the, sh- the the change in, in just mentality at the team. And he's giving the feedback that's allowing them to – improve their performance week after week. And then he, he does it on track too. I mean, it, it's his qualifying performances have been incredible. It's, it's very cool to see. And you just, and you got and the dude's just a nice dude. That's the other thing. He's like one of the nicest dudes to ever drive a formula one car. So it's like, 
he's doing well on track and he's a nice guy. It's like hard to, it's, it's very hard to root against him. You mentioned Costa earlier, buddy. He, when we went to testing a few years ago, it was the year that Albon started with Red Bull. And uh, we had a meet and greet with Albon in the Red Bull garage. And he was the chillest dude I've ever met. He, like, he's in a top team and he had time to talk to us. I remember the year before we had seen him in, at Toro Rosso. No one knew him then in the paddock. People were walking past him and we actually had a chat with him. Like, this guy's down to earth. He's good. And like we said before, I know some people are throwing his name around for top teams, but I would love to see Albon and Williams get back to the top. I fully agree with that. If it's in the cards and James Valls can, you know, I think he's he's been very um, smart to not overstep expectations, you know, a la Ferrari. But um, whoa, whoa, whoa. sorry, I had to get that chirp in there. <laughs> <laughs> At least one an episode, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Listen, quota, I, give, all right. I give them a lot of praise early on, so you got to bring him back down a little bit. But I think, you know, with, with, yeah, I agree with you. The, with what's happening at Williams, we'll see what happens with Sargent. You know, I think we're, I think we're too tough on rookies in Formula One, frankly. Maybe I'm just saying that because he's American and I want to see him succeed, but he's got an amazing <laughs> name. He's got to stay in F1. Yeah. His name's <laughs> Logan Sargent. Why, why do we always get the Americans with like Scott Speed, Logan Sargent, <laughs> Michael Andretti? Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I would love to see that. Yeah. I think moving on to the rest of the field, yeah. I need. I, I want to discuss McLaren. Uh, they were frustrated behind uh, behind Albon <laughs> throughout the race. Yeah. Uh, a few battles between Piastri and Albon, and then Norris and Albon, and also a few battles between drivers. And uh, Piastri outqualified Norris. The team pit Norris before him, so they gave him the undercut, which was the fastest strategy. Which usually the driver ahead should get the preferential strategy. And Norris came out ahead, and you could tell that Piastri wanted to go for it, you know, on pit exit. And they yep. hit wheels, banged wheels at turn one, and that could have ended both the races. And it kind of shows you what could happen if those two were fighting up at the front, too. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I I really like it. <laughs> I want to see that. McLaren's really frustrating right now because we were super excited about where they stood, right, um, kind of pre pre-summer break. And now it's now the the form that we we're hoping they'd be in, it's it's dwindled a little bit. I think it could be track specific. That too. McLaren, McLaren and Aston did have weekends that weren't up to par, but I think they both went in knowing that this wouldn't be the best track for them. Right. And you know, McLaren doesn't have uh, the the low downforce wing. They don't have one of those. Aston Martin's not known for their straight line speed. Yeah, so both of those really struggled. So we had um, so McLaren ended in P what is it P eight for Norris and P twelve for Piastri because after going back to the pits after the Hamilton incident, he came out came out tried to pass Lawson, crossed the chicane, didn't give him the position back, so he got himself a five second penalty. So ended up losing another place. But yeah, I think a weekend to forget. They'll have other tracks. I think both those teams, McLaren and Aston, coming up that I think will showcase their strengths more and i think we'll see them in the front and i i wouldn't be surprised that they both get podiums uh, okay before the yeah. end of the year uh, okay. i will be surprised once again i'll say if lance stroll does anything near a podium before the end of the year but um <laughs> yeah yeah what the i mean fuck? where was, was he this week <laughs> i don't know man i feel like i feel like we could we could hear a lance stroll retirement message before the end of the year you know obviously at a tough start to the season it does feel like he's just kind of like 
I'm doing this because daddy wants me to. Maybe I'm wrong, dude. Maybe I could. I'm probably wrong on that, but. I have theories about the whole stroll and Aston Martin. I think I'll go further into it on our next episode. Okay. Um, we have a week off uh, this week uh, from racing, but next week on our pre-Singapore episode, I think I'll uh, I'll tell you what my theory is. Okay. Had. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> bring it out. Bring it out. <laughs> you mentioned we were hard on rookies, but uh, let's talk about Lawson P11. I thought he had a pretty solid weekend. The only thing I'm a bit uh, disappointed in is that uh, Tsunoda couldn't start the race uh, and we didn't have a point of comparison, point of reference. But uh, P11 is the best position that the second AlphaTauri car has finished in this year. So, hey. <laughs> you know, well there's, a, there's chatter that it's the Nico Rosberg curse that caused it. <laughs> <laughs> so what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> the Ferrari Monza curse has been washed out by the fact that Nico Rosberg was there and took a photo of the grid before Yuki was on it. <laughs> oh, well, he said he was going to stop doing that because uh, apparently every time he takes um, a photo of a car on the grid, if you guys don't know about the Rosberg curse, uh, they failed to finish. And well, if you took a photo without Yuki on the grid, then that actually happened. So yeah. whatever you do, how about Nico? Just don't go to races anymore. <laughs> Stop doing that, dude. I bet Yuki was pissed. He's probably just dropping F-bombs. He's like, that fucking Rosberg. Like, fuck, fuck Rosberg. Yeah, just going way off. But you no, know, no, Lawson, kid's showing some, some that he's he's got the minerals. Like, yep. it's... Um, it's pretty good. I gotta. I, I'm. I'm. I'm happy to. I'm happy to see it. It's probably giving Danny Rick a little bit of confidence to see that you know uh, a, a rookie like him is able to to perform in that car, which we thought was a shit box, um, pretty much all season. But yeah, they qualified 11th and 12th, so that car didn't didn't do too too bad. And I'm sure Danny Rick would have been up there if he was in the car as well. What do we have? Um, what do we have for the rest of the the grid here, Haas. We have Haas and Alpine. So, oh, sorry, no, Botas. Botas with his tribute helmet scored a point, and it had been a while since Alfa Romeo scored a point. And yeah, I mean, not much more to say on that, but he did have the same strategy as Lewis on the alternate strategy, and he made it work. Uh, good for Alfa Romeo with that amazing livery. I thought that was a really special one as well. I uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I'm happy to see that Albine um Albine. <laughs> sounds like Sauber Alpine Alpha Romeo something. Yeah, sounds Albert, like the back Albert. the back of the grid mixed up into one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um no big ups to Valtteri. I didn't personally like the helmet all that much. I did like the livery, but um I like the thought also. Yeah, yeah. I like the thought. The thought was nice. But Haas, man. I don't really have I don't have that much to say about them other than what has been going on. <laughs> oh, there's a, a second. There it is. Pun, Ooh, two puns in one app. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two I mean... puns, one app. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Hulkenberg qualified well. And then same thing. They finished P17, P18. I am noticing that K-Mag is having a harder and harder time. So I'm just keeping an eye on K-Mag's performances because they're not they're not very good right now. They're actually pretty bad compared to his teammate. They've been retained for next year too, the two of them. So They have. They have been. They were confirmed uh, last week. Uh, Alpine from podium 
to, I don't even know. Uh, they finished, uh, well, Ocon did not finish, and uh, Gasly P15, no pace at all. Was, Alpine's asking other teams um, if they can, they seem to have fallen behind in performance of the engine more than what was agreed upon. I think it was 3%, and they're asking them if they can do a performance upgrade, and some of the teams are saying no. You can see on this track, which is obviously very engine well, heavy, it's not, that it's not called the, the, the Temple of Speed for no reason. <laughs> yeah, well, Alpine was nowhere near. I don't. I don't know what to say. They just were terrible all weekend. They were consistently bad. That's all I can say. I mean, talk about a team who like you just you never know what they're going to do in a weekend. Alpine is it? I mean. I think more so than, you know, we shit on for, I'll shit on for, not we, I shit yeah. on Ferrari. <laughs> um, I just know, cry. We, and yeah, <laughs> tears, Ferrari tears. Uh, we, we, and I was saying Mercedes has been a little inconsistent week in, week out, but I'll think Alpine win takes that award 100%. Yeah, well, uh, I think we just have to wait and see <laughs> what they do the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's not, there's no like high speed tracks coming up, so I think they can't have such a bad performance again. I think, but hey, Max is extending his lead in the championship. He can win it very soon. But in our stand championship, there's been a lot of movement here in the last race. Our predictions, and it's getting it's closer than ever. We both went for Max winning, but I picked up points for Perez and Leclerc. And uh, you now lead the championship by two points, 242 to 240. Uh, don't remind me. <sighs> Damn, it's spicy. Mike yep. Tyson, spicy. <laughs> <laughs> F1, if you want to pick up this stand championship to make things interesting, give us a call. Yeah. Listen, man, it's 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 spicier than what we're seeing at the top of F1. So just saying. <laughs> two points of- separate us. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting close. Uh, hopefully it goes down to the wire. Uh, speaking of spicy, did you see the whole Hamilton Verstappen media kind of uh, back and forth this week? A little weekend? bit, a little bit. Um, you know, there's obviously the Lewis the Lewis saying his teammates have been more difficult than Max's teammates, you know, as far as head-to-head. I tend to agree with that personally. You cannot disagree. Uh, <laughs> Three world champions. Sorry. Like, it is not wrong. Alonzo Button... And, and Rosberg. Rosberg. Yeah. So compared to signs in Valtteri, even I would say Valtteri is, a, in, yeah, Valtteri is even yeah. a great, I think Valtteri is a, was a very difficult teammate to, to pair with. I think if you're looking at all of them combined, I don't know. It's hard to put Valtteri at the bottom of that list, but I would say so. Uh, there's Heike Kovalainen, who is oh, at the bottom of that list. Koval- <laughs> ah, I forgot about Kovalainen. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it, it's, it's just the the back and forth between Toto and 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 Christian that I think is <laughs> it's getting a little old and Christian's like smug ass comments afterwards. You know, he was doing the same thing when Mercedes was on top. I have to say Toto could probably just be a little bit more humble and just shut up. Yeah, it's very unlike Toto. Uh, Toto usually is more gracious in defeat, yeah. but basically he was asked about Max's record and he just said, I mean, it's just something that people are going to read on Wikipedia. No one no one cares. <laughs> and apparently Wikipedia, when they saw that, they on Toto Wolf's page, they said, we don't know this person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, good good chirp by, uh, by Wikipedia. Also, like... Toto is wrong. Like the the amount of people that use Wikipedia just as like a reference point. Come on. Yeah, not for writing school papers or anything. But yeah, I mean, 
It could be a start, you know. Yeah. You could use I've like one or two it. of those. I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never cited <laughs> Wikipedia in a school paper. When Toto's pissed like that, that means uh, he still got the fire burning. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a good sign for all you Merc fans. Uh, well, yeah. I thought it was pretty I funny like because it. anything with Toto and Christian, they just have to disagree. Otherwise, it's not good uh, PR or not no. good press, I guess. So it's part of the game. It's part of the game. So I think that usually, though, Christian's the one that comes out on top better, I feel, because of his, the fact that he's British and he has better banter in English. Uh, True. Toto is, Toto, it's, you know, it's ESL kind of thing here. But hey, um let's see Merck needs to bring it and then we'll have a a sore loser in christian horner maybe in a couple of years <laughs> i love i love sore christian horner <laughs> and so does netflix maybe <laughs> <laughs> let's see how it goes this season <laughs> yeah i think that wraps it up for for monza here uh unless there's anything that i missed out on I think we I think we covered it, man. What a what a weekend! It was a great weekend, and con- again, congratulations to you and your uh, Tifosi. It was good in the feels, you know. You felt yeah. it in your plums. Exactly. It was a good. <laughs> it's a feel good, feel good Saturday. Less so on Sunday, but hey, hope, always hope as a Ferrari fan. Oh well, we have a week off uh, to to kind of gather our thoughts after this, and then we go to Singapore, which is one of the hardest tracks, and we'll have our. Uh, our Singapore preview coming up next week. Yes, sir. But in the meantime, if you're not following us on social media, where can we find us? At the Grandstand F1 on Instagram. And you can follow us anywhere. Podcasts are available. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We are there. Drop us a review if you feel like it. And from us here at the Grandstand, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>